is the Make Design Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Make Design Podcast. Um, this could be the third one or the fourth one, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> Still deciding. <laughs> but uh, today we're going to be talking to our content writer, uh, Sarah Ferguson, um, about brand voice and how how important it is and what makes up a brand voice. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Fine, you guys. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Great, great. No, it's good to it's good to hear your voice, Sarah. You're based in Durban, right? That's right. Yeah, in South Africa. That's why we call ourselves a global agency. <laughs> yes. We, yeah, <laughs> all the corners of the world. Um, so I think that's uh, that's good. What's the weather like over there in Durban? It's beautiful at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and sunny. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, it's great to have you here, Sarah. Um, and I'm really like, you know, I mean, we've worked together for years, but it's great yes. to be able to kind of talk about brand voice in more detail. I know we've spoken about it a lot in, in the context of, you know, the, the clients that we work with. Um, For sure. But it'd be good just to start off by giving a bit of background on you, uh, Sarah, just sort of your career milestones quickly and uh, before we get into it, if that's okay. Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I kind of, I took the, the you know, I studied at university um, and, and then I kind of went traveling for a while um, and then I kind of ended up in the copywriting game. Um, and I worked in Dubai uh, for a few years, uh, working with different brands and different agencies. And yeah, and now I'm, I'm finally um, back home in South Africa, also doing what I love, still working with Make as well. And yeah, just doing content writing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm also fascinated by digital marketing and social media and that type of thing and, and how we can use those channels effectively with copy. And I think that uh, is something I'm intrigued by, uh, how to how content um, can be unraveled in so many different ways, you know. Um, and I think content almost sounds reductive. Yeah. But, you know, uh, but it, it's just, it's everywhere, you know, it, it's its part of what we live and breathe these days. And I think, yeah, that world, I find it um, fascinating. There's so many, so many uh, interesting points to it. There is, to explore. there is definitely. And like, you know, when we come to, when we come to talking about a, a brand, brand's voice or client's brand voice, I mean, like, you know, some, most people are still, I think, you know, mainstream uh, businesses, I suppose, you know, not aware of it existing, you know, it's, can you just, you know, they don't really give it much thought. I mean, the big brands obviously invest heavily into that side, but, you know, I still for the majority don't really kind of know, know about it or value it as much. Can you just explain what a brand voice is to the one or two listeners we have? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, a brand voice is, oh, basically, it's um, the tone, the style and personality that the brand conveys. And I mean, this is all through its words, right? So um, as part of your communications that goes out there, any channels that you're using, 
um, in your social media captions or image copy, for example, um, whether you're doing a blog uh, on your website, your web copy, uh, all of that would form part, uh, you know, all that copy falls under the brand voice. And that's part of the, that's part of the bigger brand identity. And, yeah. I mean, a, a well-developed brand voice uh, might have various tones depending on circumstances and mood, uh, you know, just as a person has. So you've got to think about it. It's basically the personality of your brand. So, you know, think about it like the, the images, the look, the feel, you know, the photography, et cetera, et cetera, that your brand has, uh, maybe the website, the look of the website. That's kind of the clothing. And then you know, the person, the personality is the voice and that's the brand copy that you're going to use on all those different channels. Um, and you've got to kind of make sure it's consistent and cohesive across all the different marketing channels. And that's kind of the key. Sure. Why do so many sort of small to medium sized businesses, I suppose, um, don't overlook that or don't see the value on that or the person who's writing it is that voice? Uh, yeah. Why do why do they why yeah. is it so overlooked? Do you think? Yes, I mean that's that's such a good question, Gaz. And I mean, I ask myself this constantly as well. Um, uh, working with lots of clients over the years, it, I think I think a client always has a very strong idea visually of what they want um, most of the time. Sometimes they don't, and they're more open. But a lot of times they come to you with a very specific idea of how how their brand is going to look. But not often does a client come to come to us and say, okay, I know how my brand's going to sound. That's just, it's just not something sometimes that they have often thought about, um, unless maybe they come from a marketing background themselves. And I think, yeah, I think that's how they, how brand, like most people think about their brands first. They, they think about the look, the design, styling, the fonts, the colors, uh, the imagery. Um, but I think, What's probably just as equally important, if not more important, is how you want to say something, what you want to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember when I started designing, I mean, we, nobody spoke about brand voice. <laughs> like, you know, I, don't, I know that was a long time ago, we're talking decades, but, you know, nobody really spoke about brand voice. Even well into when we started up Make and stuff, it was still very much... Uh, not part of the conversation. Definitely not a document. Right. Not do definitely not a document we would get. I mean, we'd get the brand guidelines, but there would not be a brand voice in there. Um, it would yes. be uh, more mm. about layout and design and typography. Um, and I suppose the only sort of brand voice would be in the tagline that's part of the brand logo yes, <laughs> or identity, exactly. and that would be it, exactly. right? Um, I mean, it's 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 amazing how just like you know you've just grown over the last. Uh, a few, well, I mean, sorry, it's amazing how many brands still just overlook it. Um, I, but I, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think that it's because they feel that it's kind of, um, I think when, in a, when a brand is in the, like, the developmental state, um, there's a lot of work that goes into the whole look and feel. And then I think by the time you want to talk about the voice, or if you mention voice to a client, sometimes they just think, oh, well, that's just not necessary. That sounds like overkill. You know, or, or, maybe, is, um, or maybe it's a given. They think, oh, it's just a given. Like, that's... Yeah, that, someone's just going to touch just gonna stuff do up. It. It's just words, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that but, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things, when you get into it, 
it actually when I you know when we speak to clients about brand voice when we get into it a lot of them get stumped you know yes. like a lot of them get stumped when you actually get into the essence and the pillars of what makes a brand a brand voice and maybe we we can deep dive into that a little bit it's like you know you know we are I know, you know we work together we've work together with clients and we've asked them questions regarding brand voice and it's always the one where it's like oh I haven't thought of it like that or I don't know or exactly. yeah I'm not so exactly. sure absolutely and I think I think all the really well considered brands out there um, and, and maybe the truly great brands and by great I don't mean they're necessarily uh, you know uh, famous or they're well known but I think even if it's your local sushi bar or, or a global sneakers brand I think it's those ones that, you know, they connect, you connect with them because they, it feels like they're talking to you. Um, and you connect with them because of, and I, I, hate, I hate to use this word because it's really overused, but authenticity comes through. You know, there is a, it, it is, they, it, the brand voice kind of makes their brand more memorable, stickier, it sticks in your brain. And I think that is of it you kind of engage with it on a deeper level you connect with it emotionally um and i know that's all sounds a bit you know cliche but it really does that's that's exactly the value of it um it's just not generic and i think that's the the danger of not having a brand voice is that your brand voice can then end up sounding very generic um yeah exactly just not well developed enough it doesn't have that like it's got like a formless it's like no personality so it's almost formless when it speaks I think staying away from anything generic. A generic is not memorable. No one, no, no one's going to remember you. And brand—that's the whole point of a brand—is to differentiate, right, and yeah. stand out from the crowd, or at least be part of the landscape, brand landscape for an individual, you know, um, and help them connect to you. And I think that's the brand voice is kind of the one of the, the lesser known bridge. On how to do that, you know, to, to enable that engagement. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. I mean, when you talk, because when you talk about the brand voice, obviously the audience comes into play, uh, as in who are we talking to? But, you know, that they never sort of go into, well, okay, well, you know, you, you should be, those are the kind of words you should be using. Can we talk about the, just the, pil the, the brand voice pillars? What would be in a brand voice document? Uh, mm. that we that that a client would have can we just uh, go into detail with that a little bit well yeah I think the pillars I mean when you're doing development I think there are certain things you're going to look at um, so I think within any brand voice uh, document you're going to talk about the brand values of it and what the essence of the brand is and of course the brand mission because um, that kind of does inform um, you know the, the greater the greater picture sure um, and then then of course you've got things like um, I think uh, you know what are what do you sound like what do you not sound like and that's all part of it um, how do you want to you know how do you want to sound like to your actual audience so whether it's if you want to be um, overly serious or you want to be uh, witty, informal, lively, formal, informal yeah. that type of thing, funny or serious. So humor is a big part of it as well to 
define if you're going to be humorous or on the spectrum of humor, how funny, very funny, a little bit funny, subtle humor, you know, an odd twinkle in your eye humor, or, you know, do you want to amp it up a bit? Um, I think also a lot of brands need to consider, you know, how just how um, if they want to be, you know, irreverent uh, or respectful um, on, on a sliding scale. I think that's another one to kind of, yeah, yeah uh, respectful versus irreverent. I think how out there you are. Um, and I think how provocative. I mean, a lot of brands, they, they think they want to be provocative, but actually when push comes to shove, they don't really actually want to uh, push it too much. They tend to be a bit more conservative than they, they think they want to be. Um, and so maybe they even have their words, I think, I think you've got to remember that your brand voice amplifies amplifies your your imagery and your messaging. Um, so that's something to consider as well. You know, how subtle do you actually want to be? Um, and then I think also the other thing you need to look at, another dimension, is also enthusiasm versus matter-of-factness. I think... Right. I think that's another one. Like some brands are very chatty, very enthusiastic, very upbeat, energetic. It comes through. Um, it comes through the the copy, but then others maybe need to be more uh, informational, maybe, um, or, or or tell it like it is. Um, I think. Yeah, and then uh, and of course on all of these, then you're going to add in a nuance and and slang. Like, are we, are you going to use slang within your within your voice? Yeah. Um, are you going to use like colloquialisms? Um, depending on location, maybe you're a global company, then you need to consider how you talk to your different audiences in those countries. Um, and then of course personality also feeds into that. But I think humor is a big thing to decide. I think uh, how what you don't sound like, you know, so friendly but not over familiar type of thing. Um, you've got to define all those parameters and calibrate the voice so that it becomes clear. Um, one of the voices that are probably that probably um, on a you know, uh, I think Nando's is a global company, um, and then they they probably are a good example of targeting their content to the location. Yeah. And I think they do that really well. Um, and I mean, they in the Middle East, they in Australia, they in the US, they in the UK, and they obviously started in South Africa. Um, and all their, their strategy is, it's kind of different. Um, their brand voice strategy is a little bit different depending on the location. So like, for example, in South Africa, they have like been killing the brand voice department, like in that department for like the better choice of a decade i reckon and they wow. are probably really good at shock advertising um i think which is quite hard to do and they do it really well um and i think that it's quite they, they've really pushed the boundaries they, they talk about taboo topics you know socio-political issues in south africa whatever's going on they've got a comment they've got a clap back they've got a they've got something to say and i think it's very current it involves the local audience. It makes everyone laugh. There's a lot of humor within it. It's very witty, a lot of banter. Um, and I think if you had to, I don't think they take it to the same level and say like the Middle East or the UK. 
um, where it's it's not as provocative. It still might be a bit topical, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't uh, push the boundaries as much. I think they don't want to cause as much chaos. Um, I remember. Whereas, I, yeah, remember I remember yeah. seeing the Nando's stuff that you know we've spoken about it before. It's so so good. Um, you know, it's done so well. I mean, you know, <clears throat> Nando's is uh, is one of those brands you just feel good about. <laughs> you know, yeah, you they make feel, you feel good. You for just sure. feel good about. I mean, okay, maybe it's got to do with food. Maybe it's got to do with like you know, it's actually food that's not it's good, any. You know, it's not overpriced. It's, it's just good, hearty food. And I remember seeing some of the examples you shared. Do you think that they have um, uh, like how does that just from an internal perspective from Nando? Do you think that's a, a lot of people that are dealing with that, or do you think that's like outsourced, or do you think like? tight team that pretty much knows what to put out i would imagine and i am not 100 sure about this but i would imagine it's in-house yeah. um because it because it, it is just so responsive to the current events going on i mean something will happen in the media and 24 hours they've got a meme about it they've they've put out material um they've they've got something circulating on their social media it's it's not even 24 hours, you know, as it's happening. Uh, and it is so, uh, you know, they, they still plug their products, but it's done yeah. in such a way that it gives you a lot. Uh, in fact, it almost feels like in South Africa, the event hasn't happened if Nando's hasn't commented on it. You know, that's how much part of a cult, like it's created a culture around um, It's become iconic for that. And I think that's pretty special. And that's a, that means they've done it consistently for a lot of years. I mean, we're talking since, you know, the early 90s, they've been, you, you know, they, they've had the strategy and they've developed it and developed it and honed it. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's a long time. So I, I mean, their ear, their ear to the ground must be incredible. I mean, their listening, their listening ear is just as big as definitely, their sort of, definitely. Um, you know, take same content. They are plugged in, they are plugged sure. in yeah. I mean, I think another example that I love is the Netflix tone of voice mm. or brand voice. Um, you know, I read an article, I think I shared it with you a while ago about how, you know, Netflix did a, did a, did a sort of a big pivot where their, their tone of voice is now led by people that are geeks about film, about series, about yes. content. They're not hiring someone that, oh, okay, you need to uh, say something about this or, you know, exactly. it's almost like given this freedom that uh, the, their tone of voice is almost like a friend telling me about, yeah, you should watch this exactly. on Netflix. And I think if people go and actually really look at what they say and, and the comments they have, even the comments on their post, the, com the replies they have on their own post, and also... They comment on obviously the stars' accounts, and it's so not like you wouldn't think of a big billion dollar, you know, billions, billions dollar corporation. It's like a friend next door. <laughs> you know, that's that's, that's exactly it. That is the beauty of Netflix. Like their brand voice is your, it's it's the BFF. It's your BFF, and yeah. it's exactly how you talk to your best friend. Um, it's it's also got a bit of answer thrown in there. It's it's got some sassiness. It's got um, you know it's it's so relatable. The voice. It's just how you talk to your mates. 
Yeah. And I mean, they've. I think they've. I think they read. They sourced like the documentary geek. They've sourced the kind of you know yes. uh, binge watching series geek. They sourced the film geeks, and they sourced the you know all those different people that. They've obviously taken time to find them because they've had to find them. You know, these are people that probably have For their own. Sure. They've had to find that the, the, these people, I assume, they already had their channels, already were very vocal about what was being pushed out by Netflix, and and just thought, you know what, you do you want to do you want to do you want to represent us in that category because that'd be great. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Suddenly opened up to a worldwide audience. Exactly. And I think it's, it's the sharing of the memes and inside jokes. And, you know, you know, sometimes they just comment, they, they talk to you as if you've seen the content already. Sometimes I think that also is so inclusive. Um, it, it kind of makes you, if you haven't seen a series, but they're talking about it and they, they're talking in such a way that you understand the inside joke already makes you, that's memorable content and it makes you want to go and watch it. And I think that they've definitely, it's a, it's quite a it's it's nice and fresh, you yeah. know. And I think it's not they haven't tried too hard. It, it's something we just have to. All they have to do is is um, get people to watch their shows, but they've done it in such a way that it's entertaining. And I think that's the key that they that they've they've nailed that down into their strategy is that their content is entertaining, no matter what it it's about. Yay! Another example that is, I can't, I think goes, you know, goes back to the brown voice and you know who you want to be. That I think was really good. That maybe not people are aware of is the, is the, um, is the USA border control on Instagram specifically. I'm talking. They have a really, they they have a really like the USA border control, right? They they kind of, you know, they kind of they check everyone coming in and out and import and export and everything and. And um, they have a really, like, they want it, they have to be serious, but at the same time, they have this underlying humour that's so funny because they post about what people are trying to bring in. And, and um, they kind of, they're just really humorous about it. And, but at the same time... Don't you find, don't you find that humour is becoming more part of the landscape for brands these days? I feel like it's, you know, it's changed. Considered like a few decades ago, where everything yeah. had to be so serious, like in the nineties, or you know, you know, um, everything. I don't think humor was as well used in most in most brands, but I think there's definitely a shift these days. Everybody, I don't know if it's if it's a reactionary thing against the stress of the world, but brands these days kind of want to offer some relief light relief or, or I don't know what you think about that but I think I feel like there's more wiggle room there with humor yeah I think that they kind of just loosened up a little bit and mm. um and maybe they've taken more ownership of it and thought you know what we're we want to we want to sound like real people you know the realness exactly. the realness, realness is really yeah. important that yeah. comes through um there's a fine line you know with obviously sending out content um and you know, being informative, but at the same time, just being real. And you know, as being real. I think, I think, I think that over the last uh, few years, there's definitely been a shift to realness. So there's definitely been to a, a, a shift to kind of don't think of us as a company, but we're a company full of people, and these are the people, and these are voices. You know, this is our voice, and um, so I think, I think that. Uh, they just kind of just made it more real, which is always great. It's, 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 it's great, I think, because you can, you can resonate with them much better. 
talking about realness, I think another another brand that does that really well, um, while giving you a bit of a chuckle or just being a bit of a breath of fresh air is uh, Oatly. And I think they've really, you know, so many brands tend towards, they, they get a bit earnest. There's a, too much earnestness kind of coming through, um, through a brand. They're trying too hard to sell you something. Whereas Oatly's taken like the opposite approach and they're very, they use like a lot of self-deprecating humor and it's quite breezy, very unassuming, their tone of voice. And I think it's casual I think it, it makes. I mean, they also their content they produce is brilliant. Um, they 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 don't just educate you about oat milk. They 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 offer content about it, all different things to distract you. You know, they have a completely different content strategy, which is also really smart. When a brand does that, and I think they don't try too hard, and they just themselves, uh, then I think it increases their trustworthiness and credibility as well. Makes you just like them automatically. And the only is a good example in the fact because their 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 brand voice is so it, it's so transparent in everything they do. So transparent, you know, like mm. on the shelf, you know, on the yes. on on chan on their on their channels, um, everywhere, it, everywhere, every, everyone, every touch point, people, somebody's thought about that, and I think that exactly, it's, um, it's uh, they you want to. You kind of want to pick it up and read it, you know. You kind of want to see where it goes. You know, it catches your eye on the front, on the packaging. I'm talking more specifically. Then you turn it around, and everywhere is thought through, and you know, kind of given that lovely, like, sense of humour and human feel um, in what they do. I'm, really. s- I'm so glad you mentioned Touchpoint. All the Touchpoints, because. That's exactly it. I mean, I even, I don't know about you, but I never read cookie policies. I mean, that (laughs) no one reads those. And only as a great one, you'll read it because it's that good. It's so entertaining. And you, that's the, probably it's Oatly's cookie policy is probably the only one I've ever read in my life. Um, Yeah. And so they've even, it's down to that level. You know, they're considering every single piece of copy that's everywhere you know, is that make sure it's reflective of who they are and what their brand voice uh, is. And I think, I think it's brilliant. And they, brilliant. They, they it's a sign have, of a quality brand. Yeah. And they've got like, they've got the backing of an incredible like following uh, and community, mm-hmm. you know, when they, I mean, obviously they had a slightly PR hiccup um, when they got the big investment earlier in the year and stuff and all their followers mm-hmm. kind of went up in the air said how could you do this and stuff but even even that when when the crisis hits they managed it in an oatly brown voice way you know exactly. I, I feel like they still they still were really real really authentic really like you know not yeah. n- not fluffy talk it was just talking to their customers so you know we made a mistake etc we know you, you you don't agree but these are the reasons and just really sort of shot it down the line which i thought was still man even in, exactly. cri- even in crisis yeah. even, even in crisis you're like mm. you're good you know um but i think that's a really good brand for people to check out um for sure we've got an oatly, definitely we've got an oatly carton downstairs that my son loves <laughs> um <laughs> but i wish they lower their prices a bit <laughs> um yeah <laughs> i think that 
I think that there's there's a lot of good examples, and I think that you know if you if you with the brown voice, it it, it kind of that that takes time as well, you know, for you to you don't just do a document, but obviously there's time for that to penetrate the wider audience or penetrate your community. So over time, they they as soon as they see something or read something, they know that that's an Oatly or that's a Nike or that's a a Netflix. You know, it kind of like yes. it kind of represents them. So I think as as much as like it's um it probably won't give you initial uh, reward it's kind of a, a bit more of a medium to long-term game would you agree definitely if you if you if you're planning a brand that's going to be around you want it to be around uh, you know and have some longevity then you definitely got to have a brand voice uh guideline built into your brand identity document um because it just is it's a no-brainer um, you're going to be talking to your customers for a very long time and how you talk to them and what you're talking about is all part of that. And I think, you know, if you don't have one, you'll get a few months into content and get very bored with what you're saying very quickly unless you do have these guidelines. And I think as soon as you get bored with your brand, other people are definitely not going to be interested. Um, and I think that's where the brand voice goes. And I think also when you're working with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, as your team grows, uh, whether you're outsourcing or you're taking your marketing in-house, whether it's one person doing it or a team of 100, um, everybody needs to be on the same page to, to make sure it's coherent and cohesive. And that is only possible through having a, a a deep understanding of the brand voice. And of course that brand voice might change over time. It might, uh, you know, become more mature or sure. it, it, it might uh, develop more nuance as it goes along. But, you know, so your brand voice guidelines might develop as well. And I think that's natural. And I think it's good to review them every so often as well to, to make sure that it, it stays on point. But I think, you know, make sure that all your content creators, all your different channels, are able to produce more quality content because of you know because they have a guideline. Um, I think that's pretty key to success. I think also having a great um, checkpoint system as well. I think you always within every company the guardians of a brand, yeah. um, and I think they really really understand it uh, in its uh, probably purest form um, and its potential. And I think those are the people that can nurture the brand um, and especially the brand voice and the, the, any brand materials going out, visuals as well as copy, and they can make sure that it's always on point. You're kind of always double-checking it, triple-checking And I think if you've got a few people within your channels that are, that are checkpoints um, and your brand guardians are your checkpoints, I think then you're also winning big time. Keep listening, you might learn something. Oh yeah! Wow, that's that's really cool. That, I mean, there's a, so much in there, and we could we could talk about it for ages. But so I think, much. but I think, but I think that yeah. just to quickly recap, um, you know, brand voices are important, of course. <laughs> um, you know, there are amazing brands doing it <laughs> doing it out there that are doing really good. We've we've, we've mentioned the Netflix of this world, the Nando's, you know, Apple, Oatly. Um, I suggest for people to check them out and just to you know try and try and see how they they represent themselves um 
I mean, you know, the the it's more it's just as about what you what you how you shouldn't say something as much as how you should say something. So that's just as important. Definitely. It helps inform mm-hmm. obviously people that you work with, the the external suppliers or uh, the internal teams, obviously, um, and then that can change over time according to the business. It's not something you're you're always going to be uh, the same. I mean, as human beings, we change. <laughs> and that the brand, the brand, sure. I suppose, would, would react the same way. I think that's... It'll that's evolve. Some, yeah, it'll yeah. evolve, exactly. That's really good. Uh, I think that's a, that's a really good sort of broad coverage of it. Um, we've been talking for 39 minutes. Uh, it doesn't feel like more than... No, it doesn't feel feel that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, hey, I always like to end our podcast with a few fun fun questions um, okay, to, cool. to to bring the tone down, the brown tone down to my level. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm gonna hit you with it. Uh, what's your? Cool. This is good. This is good for you. This is good for you. What's your favorite word? No, no, no. You see, this is that. That's like a trick question. Right. Um, you've got copywriter kind of favorites. The words will know. <laughs> they'll know. They're not. They're not children. They're not children. <laughs> they, 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 they will sense it. Saying mum on that one. All right, I like it. You've sidestepped the first question. <laughs> this is brilliant. This is not the U.S. customs, you know. This is just me. Um, <laughs> What's okay? Forget the second one. Then what's your least favorite word? Are you gonna sidestep that? No, that's <laughs> easy. That's easy for me. Oh, I, I've, I think there's two actually. Um, but unique. Can't stand that word. Okay. Um, I, I think a lot of people use it when they try to describe their brands and what have you, and it gives you absolutely no information whatsoever. Okay. Um. So if you say, oh, my brand's so unique, and I'm yes. like, what does it, why? You know, uh, the, the word unique, it, it, it's used as an adjective, as a descriptor, but it literally tells you nothing. Like, uh, it just tells you that you think that your brand is different from everyone else's, but I'm still none the wiser as to how, you know. And I think you've got to peel back that layer and find out why you think your brand is unique. How is it unique? And then you start striking gold down that area. And I think the second word, um, uh, you probably quirky. Um, I'm not a fan of quirky. Uh, okay. I think, uh, I, I do use it, <laughs> but, um, I think also that's another one that people use when they're trying to say that my brand's quite different. It's doing different things, but again, it doesn't really tell me much information other than it's a little bit maybe offbeat, but, um, yeah. Okay. I think those are the Quirky two. Quirky and unique. Right. They are yeah. oh, nice. When I see Overused. when I see them, yeah. I'm gonna kick them in the kidney. Um, <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Uh, noise I love. Um, mm, oh, probably. Oh, this is gonna be like a bit of a weird one, really. But I probably love the the sound of gravel. You know, when you walk on gravel and your shoes and it makes that crunching noise. I kind of love that sound because okay. it means I'm probably going somewhere. So I'm, I'm traveling, I'm I'm hiking, I'm doing something, I'm moving, which I love. I never thought you'd say that, gravel. <laughs> what uh, did you think I'd say? I think that's the word I hate the most, gravel. <laughs> You've actually said it. <laughs> um, uh, I thought you were going to say like the sea or something or, or, or like uh, the, the sea, waves. I love the sea. <laughs> um, okay, what sound, um, 
What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, that's easy. Hardy dars waking me up in the morning. Hardy so dars. In South okay. Africa, hardy dar, yeah. So, hardy dar, for, for everyone out there who doesn't know what a hardy dar is, a hardy dar is a type of ibis that is uh, indigenous to South Africa. And um, they're quite big birds and they make the most horrendous sound. Right. And it sounds like, a, you know, a child's crying. Um, Guys, I'm sure you've heard it a few times in meetings and what have you, and you're like, you know, uh, what is that? It might be a child's crying, Sarah. You might have just, like, said, it's a hardy dog, and there's actually a child in trouble, <laughs> and you're not paying attention. Yeah, I know. I know. They're easy to confuse. It's the easy, easy, easy yeah. mistake to make. I'm going gonna, I'm um, gonna, to YouTube that after we're, we're, we're off the, the call and uh, listen to what a hardy dog sounds like. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. And uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I tried to guess this one, but I think it was quite tough. Oh, that's so, that's so hard. Um, a wine taster. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. That would, oh, that's also probably a sound I, I also like. Um, it's when the, you know, when the, your wine cork kind of pops out the bottle, <laughs> I probably do like that you, can't, you can't go back. You've got gravel. I'm sorry, you're stuck with that. Um... <laughs> um I think, yeah, no, anything to do with wine would be good. Um, I think a food taster or, you know, um, I really enjoy like a restaurant critic or something like that would be a really fun job to have. Okay. A travel writer or a mm. food writer or a travel food writer. I mean, that's, that's a win-win. Um, that would be seriously fun. Okay. Uh, what advice would you give to a younger you and at what period of time would you do it? And it can't be don't do the podcast with Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go further back than that. Um, I think, you know, I, I think it is, oh, it's going to sound really super cheesy, but I think, I mean, it's just like follow your curiosities, basically. I think, you know, and don't doubt yourself. Um, mm. I, I think if I had to go back in time, I would travel even more. You know, I don't think I did enough. Um, Especially with these times yeah. now, I suppose, you know, people think about Exactly, that. exactly. And I think just don't, I think I, you know, I, I did quite a bit of traveling my, my mid to mid to mid twenties um, upwards. And um, I think I should have done more of it, like lots more backpacking. Um, I mean, I've been to almost, I think, every continent except Antarctica, but, you know, I still haven't gone to all the countries, if you know what I mean, and I think that is key to informing your, um, you just, just that discovery, and yeah. I think that curiosity, and then, and then some, okay. and it, it, it definitely informs all your work, it helped you, you know, nowadays, like, especially, like, working with different clients from around the world, and what have you, it's so much fun, because, Sometimes you've been to those places and you understand where they're coming from. Um, it helps you on every single level. Uh, yeah, just for sure. as, yeah, I agree. It just yeah, informs travel, you. Travel, no. no, I agree. I don't think anyone would argue with that. Yeah. I think everyone feels that way for sure. with, their, with their headspace right now. Um, uh, who would you want to interview? And the last one, who would you want to interview, alive or dead, famous or not? Oh, that's easy. That's an easy one. And that would be Kate Blanchett. I think she is just, I think she's fascinating. I think um, she's just this powerhouse of creativity. She's just creativity, I don't know, personified. Okay. She just seems to emanate it. She's, uh, all she's, herself, so. she's, um, she's from 
uh, Australia or England? I can't remember. Yeah, I think she's an Aussie. Aussie, mm. okay. And yeah, right, and I wow. think she she's yeah she's just such a good actress, and I just think she the way she just that level of uh, you know I think she also does a lot of theatre and she does um you know does a lot of production work as well, um, and uh, you know. Uh, I think that's, yeah, just, I'd love to find out her thought process and how she approaches projects. I think it would be fascinating to learn. Well, yeah. if you... Love if, to do a feature on her. If you yeah. want to use my cutting-edge questions on her, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> For the speed round at the end. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She goes, oh, who does your content? You can say it's me. Um, that's great. Kate Blanchett, right. Okay, cool. I mean, we've had a couple of religious uh, answers on that, but uh, I'll take Kate Blanchett any day of the week. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's, that's great. I think that's, that's really good. It's, um, it's wrapped up, up us nicely. Um, awesome. I think that, uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time, Sarah. I think that's amazing um, and helpful advice to anyone who's got a brand uh, that is maybe uh, thinking of just refreshing it or is about to start a startup or a brand that um, wants to not think about kind of uh, brand voice but actually they they should give it some thought um, and I think that uh, yeah it's been it's been really good so um, thank you yeah no thanks thanks Sarah that's thanks great thanks for and, um, listening to me ramble on no it's really good God, it was, I'm gonna, I'm it was gonna, a pleasure I'm gonna go listen to uh, uh, Hardy Dar is that right Hardy Dark. Yes, Hardy that's Dark right. After this call, and then uh, and then I'll call. Make sure you save it as your alarm sound, and then make sure it wakes you up every morning at seven a.m. That's the only way to really appreciate it. I've got my only my, my own Hardy Dark, which is my son, who <laughs> does who does who does the same thing at six o'clock. So I don't need that. Um, thanks, Sarah, and uh, speak to you soon. Pleasure, guys. You're listening to Make a Design Podcast, a cushion for your ears.